Do you believe that Jesus is all that you need? Amen. Yes, yes. Jesus, the Word, the Word, the Word made flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Corey was speaking out of the the Spirit in his spirit this morning. He was saying exactly uh, what was on my heart. Uh, as I uh, was awakened this morning and and uh, was going over what I'd studied all week, I was got to praying in the Spirit. And uh, I, I saw some things that the Spirit of God wanted to do this morning. And so we're going to go with that. We're going to follow the Lord. You and I, we are called to have not just life, but abundant life. And we don't understand how how easy it is to quench the Spirit, to grieve the Spirit at times, and, and, and just to settle for second best, just to settle for get by. You know, God doesn't want you and I just to get by. He wants us to live. Good to see you, Sister Linda, this morning. Uh, he wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. And so, um, but you and I have got to be willing to realize that when Jesus made that promise of abundant life, that you were going to have to uh, contend for the faith. You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith because you have a devil out there. I have a devil out there who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. And so uh, we've got all of these promises, but we've got a, a an opponent. Jesus has defeated him, and you and I have that victory in Christ, but uh, we've got to be in the place and the position that we hold fast our testimony. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us to hold fast our profession of faith. And so um, I want you to think about this, the worship songs. I want you to think about what Brother Corey said, and let's look at some things this morning. Uh, all I've got is just some scriptures, and we're going to Let's see how the Spirit of God would lead. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Very familiar verses of Scripture. Um, but it's where you and I are, are, are living at and living from. This fifth chapter, it starts out talking about that you and I, that we have a, uh, a hope in heaven. We have a, a glorified body that's waiting on us. Aren't you glad? But, um, and that we have uh, an eternal home in the heavens. But guess what? We're not there yet. We're here this morning. You're here. I'm here. And some of you have got a lot of things on your plate. You've got a lot of things on your mind. You've got uh, situations in your in your in your personal life, in your family life, and uh, you, you've got pain in your mind. You've got pain in your bodies. And so, uh, can look at where Brother Cory led us in worship. Hold that in your heart, and let's step into a new uh, a new place. Um. See, you and I, if we're not careful, we're products of our environment. And, and we base everything about our life on the way that we, what we have experienced. And so uh, even after we get saved and get born again, if we're not careful, we live out of what we have saw in the church or what we have heard from uh, uh, those people that we uh, that have influence in our lives. And, and if we're not careful, we'll measure God's goodness, God's grace. We'll measure God's ability to do something in our life from somebody else's experience. I don't want somebody else's experience. Thank God for their experience. But I want the experience with the Lord that he has for me, don't you? So um, I want you to hold this in your heart. You and I, we're going we're gonna to either minister out of um, our mistakes of the past, or we're going to be able to minister out of the Messiah and his hope 
for the future. See, the Bible says that God has an, an expected end for you and I. He has a hope for us. And so uh, let's start reading, if you would, in verse number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10. Look what the word says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat. Now I want you to remember uh, just a few phrases as we as we move through these scriptures. Remember the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now notice verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. All of these have the article on it, meaning that this is not... One, uh, a bunch of things. This is one thing. So we, we see the judgment seat. We see the terror or the reverence of the Lord. And because of that reverence, we persuade men that we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Now drop down to verse 14. For thee, there's the article again, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead, and that he died for all, Jesus died for all, and that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Drop down to verse 17. Therefore, if any man, any person be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now notice what happens. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given unto us, say us, the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. How do we do it? Verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, and not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word, the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Brother uh, Corey, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Corey. Thank you so much for uh, being here. Thank you for honoring the word. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord with you. Now, this morning, I believe with all of my heart that God will do a work in your life. He'll do a work in my life uh, because uh, he's been dealing uh, with you. He's been dealing with me. And obviously, by him uh, uh, bringing this Raymond Ward to us this morning. He has something on his mind. And so uh, I want us to look at some things this morning. I want us to uh, just let God be God and just learn how to live life. Amen. God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you and I to be able to rest in him and, and to step in this this new place. And so uh, 
Brother Josh come over and shook my hand there this morning uh, as we started worship service. And uh, I, th- I th- it's so neat how God does things and how he confirms things. Uh, when Brother Josh come over and shook my hand, uh, the, the reality of, of him starting this new job and he's and not just starting this new job, but he's moving to a new level in this new job. Uh, God was using that to confirm everything that he was speaking to me at the house uh, this morning. Because, see, you and I, if we're not careful, we get born again. We become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And if we don't get into the word of God, we don't know how to live. Uh, just because you and I get born again doesn't mean that automatically we're going to receive all the promises of God. It doesn't mean we're going to be able to walk in the plan of God. It doesn't mean that we're going to be able to uh, have that abundant life that God promised. You and I to be able to to have that, we've got to, uh, as, as James chapter 1 tells us, we've got to see our soul saved. Now, see, your spirit gets born again. You get a brand new spirit, but your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, you still think talk, act, feel, as Brother Corey was talking about, out of the old man until you renew it with this word of God. And so this is what the Apostle Paul here is trying to do. He's trying to get us in the place and the position to understand that we need to live like we're already in heaven. Come on, you're seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6, you're, you're, you're in the body of Christ. He's the head. You're the many member body. And so we need to live like that. And so let's notice some things here now. Uh, uh, he said that in verse number uh, 18, he said, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and he's given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. So every born again believer, every person that becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus, he's given to you the ministry of reconciliation. And that ministry of reconciliation simply is a fancy word for exchange. In other words, he, he, he saved you. He saved me. He caused us to be born again to put us in a place where we could show people how they could exchange sin for the savior, how they could exchange death for life. How they could exchange hate for love. How could they exchange discouragement for the hope of the Lord? Amen. The blessed hope. All of these things. It's a ministry. Now, this word ministry, uh, diacana, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a word because if we're not careful, we think that people who stand up uh, behind the pulpit have a ministry. No, every believer has a ministry. And, and, and here, every believer must see that they have this ministry of reconciliation. And so you've got to start reconciling yourself first. I've got to start reconciling myself first to the word of God. I, I've got to have what the Bible says I can have. Amen. I, I, I've got to start believing this word above my situation, above my feelings, uh, above everything that I'm seeing. And, and as I learn how to reconcile, exchange my uh, sin for the Savior. Come on, exchange my sickness for the healing. All of these things that you and I are dealing with, when I learn how to do that, then I learn how to minister to somebody else. Because this word ministry, it means to be an attendant. That's all it means, that you are attending. In other words, you are a servant. You see a need and you say, Lord, use me. That's what Jesus did. Jesus looked down and he saw us in our state. And he said, Father, send me. 
And so he's your example. He's my example. And so uh, we've got to see that we've got uh, uh, this call on our life. And so here's what I saw in the spirit as I was praying. Uh, I saw uh, some of you. I saw myself. We're trying to do some things. We're trying to live our life uh, out of our understanding before we got saved. We're trying to live our life out of what everything that we've been taught, all the knowledge, all of our past experiences. We're trying to live uh, this new way of life. We're trying to take this new creature and put it back in a box and say, well, this is this is how one plus one worked before. Come on. Everything in Christ Jesus is brand new. Throw all of those things away because God gives you and I a new math. He gives us a new understanding and we need to see that. And so, uh, uh, I'm, I, I'm trusting the Lord because I would never, I would never share, uh, what He shows me in private, in public. I trust Him to, that He, when He brings that revelation, I pray about that. And then when we, uh, stand on the Word of God, then it's up to you and I to receive what He would do. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you can have a, a, a new lease on life in some areas in your life this morning. You can have a new place of rest in your life that you've never experienced before. You do not have to struggle. You do not have to uh, uh, to do anything other than fight the good fight of faith. In other words, you just have to believe God. Come on, and if you'll believe God, He's going to take care of everything else. Amen? Now, this is so important because some of you are in a situations in your life right now uh, that uh, there's a little anger there. There's a little uh, uh, control of the enemy uh, in your life because you uh, you're, you're trying to do what you experienced as you grow up, as you lived your life, and you're operating out of out of that, and it's frustrating. Come on, it's frustrating because as you do that, things are not working. Uh, and so this morning, you and I, we've got to see that that. Here's what happens when, as Paul's talking about here, about in verse 17, about becoming a new creature and about old things passing away, you've got to let go of the old things. You've got to say, I believe that. I take, I take God at his word. Therefore, if any person be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things, that old things is the original creation. Come on, all of those things, they are what they're passed away. So you've got to let go of all of that and you've got to say, Lord, I want to walk in the newness of life. I want to live out of what you're saying to me today. I want this fresh frame of word. In other words, uh, I know how I messed up before. I know how my parents messed up. I know what's in my family line. I know all of these things and situations, but they're not going to determine my future. Come on, Jesus is the master of your future if you're trusting in him. Amen. So you say, well, I prayed this prayer before and it didn't work, or I've, I've stood on this word and it didn't work, or I've, I've, I've tried this and all of these things. Come on. That is letting the past master you. No, Jesus, the Messiah, he's our master. He's the one that wants to determine everything about your life and my life. And so when you got born again, getting back to the point, what the Holy Ghost said, he said, put my people in remembrance that when they got born again, there was an anointing on them to become the sons and the daughters of the most high God. An anointing. So see when so when you get born again, you 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 step into that anointing uh, uh, of being God's child. 
And, and, and that means that anointing is that unction that abides in you that, that, uh, 1 John 2 20, 1 John 2 27 talks about that teaches you all things. It teaches you how to become a child of God. It teaches you how to live. Uh, the Holy Spirit teaches you, uh, where you need to go in the Word of God for every situation of life. And so as you yield to that and obey that, then that voice gets stronger in your life and the voice of the enemy, the voice of the flesh, the voice of this world, it gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And all of a sudden you're walking in a place of of great liberty and freedom because you're believing that you are that new creature, that new creation. Amen. But on the other hand, if we don't yield to that as he's talking to us and we don't listen, fine tune our voice to that, then we're going to start hearing the lies of the enemy. We're going to start hearing all of those other things. Well, God loves somebody else more than me. Well, that worked for that person, but it won't work for me. God helped them, but he won't help me. Now, that doesn't sound like the God that you and I read about in the Bible, does it? Come on, he's a God that wants to meet us right where we're at. He has a plan for you and I. So we've got to cast all of those voices down, and we've got to come back and say, now, wait a minute, I, I have the anointing to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Lord, I repent for not receiving the fullness of that, I, and I reject every lie. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to see the judgment seat. Now, let's real quickly, I just want to hit on a few things here. In verse 10, he talked about the judgment seat. And aren't you glad that you and I, we're going to bow down at the Bema? Come on. We don't have to worry about the great white throne judgment. We're going to bow down at the Bema, the, the judgment seat of Christ. And he's going to judge us. And, 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 and that's something for us to look forward to. But at the same time, we need to see that you and I, we're bowed down there right there this morning. And God wants to look at your life and he wants to look at my life and he wants to see where I'm at and he wants to see where the promises of God wants me to be at. And if I will let him judge my situation, he'll reach down and grab me by the hand and he'll pull me from where I'm at and he'll place me to where the word of God has promised me to be. Amen. And so I don't have to stay in a place where the promises of God are for somebody else, but they can be for me this morning. Amen. So I've got to see the judgment. So what I do is I come back and I, and I, and I, I say, Lord, right now, this is happening in my life. This is what I'm, I'm dealing with in my mind. This is where I'm struggling, uh, in my, in, in my body or what, whatever it might be, all of these things. And as you're, as you give those things to the Lord, he takes you back to that revelation of the judgment seat. He shows you what Jesus died to accomplish in your life. Amen. And when that happens, look at verse 11. Knowing, therefore, the terror or the reverence, the, 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 the godly fear of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest unto your conscience. In other words, uh, here's why we're in a place where we're at. Because we look at our brothers and sisters, we look at church denominations and all of these things, and, and we see how... Uh, the word hasn't come to pass in their life or in that in that group of people's lives, and so we say, "Hmm, okay, maybe that maybe that's done away with. Maybe that's past. Maybe maybe God is has literally changed." And, and and so our conscience becomes watered down. Our conscience becomes seared, and and, and we settle for second best. I don't want to settle for second best to you. I want the terror of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is that God, no matter what's happening in my life. You're right. You're true. 
And, and, and you never change. You change not. Your promises are yes and amen. And so I, I want to bring that reverence in my life, but I want it to live out of my life and I want it to touch somebody else. Amen. And that's how we operate in the ministry of reconciliation is we don't water down the word. We don't water down what God can do, what he wants to do. But we tell people, you know, I, I tell you all the time, I believe that Jesus is the healer. Do I have problems? Yes, but that doesn't change that Jesus is still the healer. I believe that Jesus is the deliverer. I'm being delivered every day. I'm more free this morning than I've ever been in my life. Am I where I want to be yet? No, but guess what? I'm on a journey. I'm going there. I'm getting there. Now, in God's eyes, I'm already free. But I've got to what? I've got to renew my mind, my willing emotions, and, and come to that reality. Amen? Okay, so notice what he said in verse 14. All of this happens because of the love of Christ. For the love of Christ, the love, the love, not just any love, but the love for you individually to be just like him. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. See, the way that you and I can learn how to walk in the fullness of life is, is that we allow the old man to die. You've got to allow the old man and his old way of thinking. You've got to allow him to die and realize that because Christ died for you, he died for me, that we don't have to live in any parameter, in, in any uh, provision in uh, of the past. We, we can live in this newness of life. We can walk out this salvation. And, and so he said that the love of God constraineth. Now, let's think about this just for a minute. I want you to understand this word. Uh, you know, this word can be translated compel. It can be translated to hold together. But I, I think if we look at other places in Scripture where it's used, you'll understand it better. Go with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. For the love of God constraineth us. Let's see what, uh, how, uh, how uh, Luke used this word in Luke chapter 4. Now, you know this story very well. Uh, starting in verse 37. And the fame of him, the fame of Jesus, went out into every place of the country round about uh, because he was doing what the word said he could do. Verse 38. And he arose out of the synagogue. He, 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 come, he, he left the church and he entered into Simon's house. Now remember, we've talked about this many times. He didn't call him Peter here. He called him Simon because Simon means hearing. See, when you and I, were in the, when we're in a place where we can hear God, uh, then we have the opportunity to receive great truth. We have the opportunity for the, the master to be the Messiah. See, the, the Messiah means the anointed one, the one who brings miracles. I, I want a miracle this morning, don't you? God wants to work a miracle in your life this morning. Some of you, you need to know how to handle some things. You're in some situations this morning that you don't know what to do. But Jesus Christ, if you'll let the Messiah be your master, if you'll let the anointing come on your life and take you to that next level, you're going to operate in a new simplicity of life that you never dreamed possible. And there arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. Notice, and Simon's wife's mother, his mother-in-law, was taken with a great fever and they besought him for her. This was taken is the same Greek word uh, that is translated constraineth us there in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
So it was taking her. So I want you to think about this. Here, this, uh, this lady, she is taken by this great fever. In other words, this fever is taking her where she don't want to go. It's controlling her. It, it, she, she's, she, and this is a negative connotation of what God has in the positive there in Second Corinthians chapter five. And so this fever it, it, it is totally consuming her. Notice it says a great fever. In other words, this fever was going to take her life. Well, now let's do you and I. Let's think about that and let's flip it to the positive. Aren't you glad that your life, my life, is hid in Christ? I don't have to try to live my own life. I don't try to have to grab a host uh, of everything like I used to and think that this is going to make me happy. This is going to satisfy me. This is going to give me peace. This is going to give me victory and guidance. No, my life, your life, the believer's life, the new creation's life is hid in Christ Jesus. And, and so now you and I, we can just say, I'm a child of God. Take me for the love of God constraineth me. Take me where you want me to go. Take me to that place of abundant lifestyle. Take me to that place where uh, the the master uh, can can work that anointing, that Messiah, that anointing in my life that will change everything. Amen. Now, notice what happens. You know the story very well. Get back over there. <clears throat> Verse thirty nine. And he, Jesus, stood over her. This morning, would you believe that as you were worshiping the Lord this morning, that that the Lord, He's looking down on you. He, you brought him with you, but yet uh, he's here and he's looking down over you. And he stood over her and he rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she rose and she what? Ministered unto them. You have a ministry of reconciliation. Don't you realize the things that's hindering you and I this morning from being able to be the minister, the attendant to God's will, to God's plan, it, Jesus can swallow it up. He can speak to it this morning. He can rebuke it out of your life, whether it's a mindset, whether it's something physical, whether it's something uh, uh, spiritual, whether it, or back to the to, to the emotional, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter what it is. Jesus is that word, that name, the name above all other names that wants to speak over your life. He wants to master your life. He wants you and I to, to minister out of the Messiah, minister out of the master and not minister out of the, the mistakes of the past. I haven't always done what I'm supposed to do, but guess what? God doesn't look at that. He looks at me and he says, I want you to walk in the newness of life. I want you to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. I want you to see, I want the love of God to constrain you. So this morning, anything that is in my life that is like this fever, that's simply meaning the work of the devil, I want my God uh, to be able to speak to me freely and liberally, don't you? I, I want to be able to hear by the Spirit of God, and I want Him to talk to me, and He will. He wants to change your ideology this morning. He wants to give you a new mentality of where you're at. Come on, we've tried some things and they haven't worked. Let's do something God's way today. Amen. Let, let, let's God, let God show us some things. Some of you are fixing to step into some new things, uh, that, 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 that you haven't even dreamed of. And the only way that you're going to be successful in those things, the only way that I can be successful in those things is we've got to let this anointing come in our life. We've got to walk in this newness. And when we do, it'll change everything. Amen. All right. Let's go to Luke eight. Let's make sure that you understand this word. Uh, let's look at another example in Luke, Luke chapter eight. Um, look at verse, 
here you got in the, it's starting for sake of time. Let's start reading in verse 44. But if you if you notice in verse 41, it talks about Jairus is uh, being the ruler of the situation. And he had this daughter uh, uh, who was uh, she was dying. But in verse 43, it talks about this woman who comes to Jesus. She has an issue of blood and she's had it for 12 years. And, and look what it says in verse 44. Luke 8 and 44, this lady with this issue of blood, she came from behind him, behind Jesus, and she touched the border of his garment. Aren't you glad that we can touch Jesus this morning? She touched the border of his garment, and immediately the issue of her blood was stanched, was stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? Verse 45. And Jesus said, who touched me? This word from the Greek is, who attached themselves to me? See, she reached up and she touched the hem of his garment. This is where uh, the, the, the word of God in the Old Testament was on uh, the, 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 uh, the, the person of God, the man of God. And when she touched that, she was saying, I identify with the covenant. See, when you touch Jesus as Savior, you get born again. When you touch Jesus as healer, you get healed. Because in other words, you're you're trusting in his covenant. You're telling him, I know what you have promised. See, a covenant was brought forth by the shedding of blood. Aren't you glad that Jesus shed his blood for you and I? Come on, seven places out of his body, he shed blood for our complete healing, our complete deliverance, our complete salvation. But he said, who touched me? Who attached themselves to me? Who all denied, and Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee. This word throng is the same one. For the love of Christ constraineth us. It's the same Greek word. And so here, once again, we're looking at the negative to help us better understand the positive. All of these people were around Jesus. And all of these people, uh, some of them uh, might have had needs, but the majority of them is just like it is today. A lot of people just go to church to see what's happening. I want to go to church because I'm a part of what's happening, don't you? I want to be a part of what the Lord's doing. And so here she had to push through all of this throng of this crowd. And and so I want you to imagine here Jesus is. He's on a journey. His face is set to where he's going. And here's this crowd. And this crowd in part is there uh, even by the work of the enemy to try to keep other people out. But yet this woman, she didn't let this crowd that was thronging together, that was trying to seal off uh, the, the, the answer that she she was looking for. She said, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm going to push through. I'm going to." So this morning, in the name of Jesus, I, if you will push through the crowd of, of of every work of the enemy, every lie of of every that you've ever seen, every every trial that you've ever been through, every disappointment that you've ever been through, if you'll push through those things and say, "No, I believe in Jesus. I trust the living Word. I'm going to I'm going to have something different this morning." If you'll push through that throng, you can have what God's promised. Amen. I can have what God's promised. I believe it, don't you? For the love of God constraineth us. The love of God. When you got born again, you got born again of God. God is love. And so now that love can guide you, can direct you, can impart every promise to you. The love of God never fails. Come on. The love of God, it covers a multitude of sins. So don't let sin get in the way. Just trust in what the word says for you. Amen. 
Now, if we will do that, it will change everything about our lives. I believe that, don't you? But we've got to make sure that we fulfill some things. So go with me and let's, let, let's, let's look at, um, in, in the book of, uh, Colossians chapter four. I want you to see something. Now, remember, he said that every person has been given the ministry of reconciliation. And we said that word ministry simply means that you are an attendant to what God's will is. You're, you're a, a servant uh, to the Lord. You don't serve sin any longer, but you serve the Savior. Amen. Now, look what Paul gives this warning here in verse 17, Colossians four seventeen, And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry, not a ministry, the ministry, which thou has received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. So here uh, Paul is, is uh, bringing to remembrance what has been said in this uh, this man's life, this person's life, just like it's been said in your life. When you, when you get born again, when I get born again, we have the ministry in our life. And so we've got to recognize and realize to be able to fulfill the ministry, we've got to take heed to what it is. We've got to take heed to who gave it to us. But then we've got to take heed that the one who gave it to us will empower us to be able to finish it. Amen. So he said, I want you uh, to say to him, uh, to take heed, look at and perceive the ministry which thou has, uh, has received in the Lord that thou fulfill it, that you complete every part of it. So uh, you and I today, if we're in a place this morning and you've got to be honest with the Lord and it has nothing to do with anybody else, some of you are struggling in some situations this morning. And the reason why you're struggling there is because you haven't fulfilled what God told you to do and you've moved on and think you've, you've, you've think that God has forgotten about it. I knew that would go over. God ain't forgot about it. Um, there's some things that I promised God a long time ago. And uh, and uh, until I got back active in those promises, God wouldn't talk to me about certain things because I had to deal with those situations and those circumstances. They had to be the foundation before I started building, come on, the wall, the room, the the, the next phase, whatever it might be. And so this morning, if you'll be in the place where you'll hear by the Spirit of God, uh, then you're going to say, wait a minute, I need to fulfill some things. There's some things that God's asked me to do. There's some things God's called me to do that I've kind of laid by the wayside. I need to reach down by the anointing of the Spirit of God. I need to repent, and I need to pick those things back up. Okay, let's make sure that we understand what we're talking about this morning. Now, why do you think that the Holy Ghost moved on the Apostle Paul to pick out this uh, Archippus? See, Archippus, his name means ruler of horses, master of horses. Now, I want you to think about in Paul's time uh, about the significance of horses uh, and and, you can look all through the Word of God, uh, what, what horses mean and their, and their power and the, 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 the statue of what they reflect and all of these things and, and actually who you trust in. God told his people, he said, he told Solomon, he said, don't you build up? And what did Solomon do? 
uh, you know, man has a tendency to want to do right the opposite of what God tells him to. But, but here, I want you to see Archippus means that he's mastered the horses of this world. He's mastered the things that would pull him away from fulfilling God's ministry. Ain't that amazing? He, he's the one that is on top of that. And so Paul says, take heed and, and look to this situation and see how uh, you can overcome the strength of this world. See, at that time, a horse would have been one of the strongest things that they could have used uh, in, in, in their ministry in that time. And so Paul is, is, is trying to point out that it doesn't matter what uh, strength something has in this world. Jesus, come on, he's the wonder of this world. The government is on his shoulders. He's carrying this. Amen. And so you can rest in that reality. You can rest in that truth. So let's just see some things here. Um, Brother Ron, would you put James 3 and 2 on the screen? Remember, it says, and say to Archippus, the master of the horse, take heed to the ministry. Look what it says. James 3 and 2. For in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word. The same as a perfect, a complete man, a complete person, and is able to bridle the whole body. Verse number three, Brother Ryan, thank you so much. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. So uh, Paul is saying that Archippus here, the one who has mastered the things uh, of this world, he done it by his mouth. Come on, you and I, we need to change uh, if we're being defeated in an area. If something is mastering us other than a Messiah, the anointed one, we need to say, wait a minute, Lord, help me. Help me put that bit in my mouth. Come on, I give you permission. Show me what I'm saying that doesn't match this word. Show me uh, the, 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 the way I'm directing my life. Come on, Paul here uh, and James are coming together. A lot of people think that Paul and James don't agree. Uh, they do. You just need to read the word with understanding. Amen. It's about grace. Everything that you and I have, we're saved by grace. Come on, we live by grace. We receive from God by grace. But but it's it's that faith in the grace of God that causes you, enables you, empowers you, and out of work. Amen. And that's what that's where it looks like that James and and Paul are differing. No, they're both saying the same thing that we're saved by grace, but that grace will empower us to live this word. And so this morning, you and I, we've got to say, Lord, show me where I need to put a bit. Show me to be like Archippus where I can master something in my life that I'm saying that's contrary to this word. Come on, if if you and I would say, well, I just never get ahead. God always blesses them. Why am I always here when God is over there? No, you you, you got to say, my steps are ordered by the Lord. I'm always in the right place at the right time. I, I, I am the blessed of the Lord. I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I am blessed to be a blessing. I have. I, 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 I am so full and overflowing with the, the rivers of the living God that, that I am blessed to be a blessing. I, I can give out. I'm in the ministry of reconciliation because the love of God constraineth to me. I'm letting the love of God take me where God would have me to go. I'm going to say what God would have me to say. I'm going to fulfill my ministry. See, your ministry, let's get it right down to what we understand it. Your ministry is your life. It's not some big thing behind a pulpit. It's your life. You and I, we have one shot in this world. 
And you have one shot at being what God called you to be, being able to do what God would call you to do. But you've got to recognize you're going to run into some things. I'm going to run into some things, but we can't let those things stop us. Amen? Um, Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Look at uh, the last verse. And Barnabas, now remember Barnabas means son of consolation, son of comfort. Um, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. Take your ink pen, mark out the word there. Man put it in there, it's not there. If you notice it's in italics and everything that's in italics in your Bible, man put it there. It's not in the word, okay? So when it's when it doesn't say their ministry, it's the ministry. It's every one of we we don't have it's not my ministry. It's not your it's God's. Come on, the ministry. And when they had fulfilled the ministry, they took with them John, whose surname was Mark. And and, and so you know this story very well. As uh Barnabas, uh, he was uh, probably more than likely, John Mark, he was, uh, he was his uncle. And so he, he's being the, 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 the son of comfort, he, son of consolation. He, he, he's working in the ministry of reconciliation and he wants to bring, uh, him forward I- into what God would have him to do. And so, uh, look at, drop down to, to chapter 13, verse 5. Acts 13 and 5. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had also John to their ministry. So in your life, in my life, there's going to be people that's going to come in and out of your life and God is going to uh, call them into your life. He's going to uh, call them there for them to be a blessing to you, but for you to be a blessing to them. But in those situations and circumstances, uh, because you and I are being constrained by the love of God, because we're operating in the ministry of reconciliation, the devil is going to do anything and everything he can to try to hinder. He doesn't want you to be uh, in the place of mass by the Messiah, he wants to master you in mistakes. Come on, look, look around. Your brother, sister, I, me, I'm going to make mistakes. But we don't let mistakes define a person. We don't let mistakes define a relationship. We let Jesus make the definition of what relationships are. And, and when God puts somebody in your life, he puts them in there for a reason. Amen? All right. Now, drop down to verse 13. Acts 13, 13. Now, when Paul and his company loose from uh, Phaphos, the, the Phaphos means boiling hot, uh, they came to Perga, they came to the tower, the fleshly tower in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Pamphylia means of every tribe. So, uh, now, wh- why, am I, why are we going here? Stay with me now. <clears throat> We're teaching something deep here that if you'll apply it, it'll change your life. Remember, Paul said to take heed to Archippus, the one that was a master of the horses, uh, that, that you fulfill the ministry. And we looked at where James said the way that you can master the horse is you put a bit in his mouth. In other words, you, you, you learn that your speech, my speech, has to be controlled by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so here we have a situation where they they come to this place where it's boiling hot in this earthly tower, and it's of every tribe. You look these words up. Don't take my word for it. You can study it out yourself. This is the type of the Tower of Babel. 
See, when all the tribes come together there at the Tower of Babel, they all spoke the same language. They were all building their own thing. And, and, they're, and they were trying to build it without the, the master being involved in it. And so when they got, when Paul and Barnabas got in this situation with John Mark, all of a sudden, John Mark leaves. He leaves them high and dry. We know the story very well. So why are we saying this? Is because you and I, we've got to learn in our lives that when, when we get into situations, we've got to make sure no matter what somebody does, uh, uh, that we don't speak over them what we're thinking or what we're feeling. We've got to be in that place, in that position. Wait a minute, I've got the ministry of reconciliation. And so this divide here, you know the story very well. Look over to the 15th chapter. In verse, what is it, 38 or something? Um, you know, verse 39. Um Acts fifteen thirty nine, and the contention was so sharp between uh, them, between uh, Paul and Barnabas, that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Now, so what happened here? Because there was a situation where uh, things got hot. Remember, uh, Perga. That things got hot and, and the things of the flesh, the towers of the flesh started being built up uh, and, and, and everybody of every tribe. In other words, the things of, of your past and my past, the devil wants to use them up to divide us, wants to raise them up. And because, see, every every person has a history. Every person has an understanding. Every person has an experience. And if we're not careful when we get into those situations where people aren't doing exactly what we think they ought to do. But you and I, we've got the ministry of reconciliation. We're walking under a new anointing. We're not looking and thinking like, why are we covering this? If the Apostle Paul, and, and uh, if you look in Acts 13, we didn't do it, the first few verses, uh, Barnabas is called a prophet and a teacher. Paul is a prophet and a teacher. And they, they had these anointings that were moving forward in their life. If they could become separated because of one thing, you and I have got to realize that we can become separated because of one thing. But no, we're not going to be in the place of separation. We're going to let the anointing take us from glory to glory. We're going to let the anointing master every situation in our life. And we're going to allow him to show us some things. You need to see the, the, the dissension that's trying to work in your family, in your friends, on your job this morning, that the Messiah has the anointing that can destroy that yoke. He can change it. He, he, he can work a great work. Okay. In closing, go with me to to First uh, Corinthians chapter fifteen. See, you and I, if we're not careful, we'll get in a place and we'll let our past uh, determine our future. We'll 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 struggle in ways that we don't have to struggle with, and we don't want to do that. We we want to be in the place where we let the Lord heal us and we have deliverance over it. Look at First Corinthians uh, fifteen and start reading for sake of time. This is Paul talking about uh, what the true gospel is and about who uh, who all saw Jesus resurrected. But look at starting in verse number eight. And last of all, he, Jesus, and last of all, he, Jesus, was seen of me, seen of Paul, as one of born out of due time. Verse nine, for I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So, uh, if you notice, 
and we won't take time to look there. You make a note of Philippians chapter three. Uh, Paul, he had to come go through some things and he had to learn how to forget what was past. And he had to learn how to reach for what was ahead. And he had to allow the anointing of God to take him from somebody who lived by the law to learn how to live by grace. Come on. The Bible says that he lived the law perfectly. He was zealous. He, 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 he knew all about that, but he didn't know about grace. And so when God, uh, when Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and he was blinded in his physical eyes, uh, God opened up his spiritual eyes. He saw uh, 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 something he never saw before. But as he saw that, you notice here, he's still dealing with what he'd done in the past. Because he's thinking about, I persecuted the church. And that's what he talks about in that Philippians chapter 3. He said, all of the things that I counted gain, I had to learn how to count them but dung. That I might gain, I might win Christ. He, he, he said, I had to, to learn how to put back, put away all of those things. And I had to come into a place where I didn't let my past dominate what I was going to do in the future. Come on. He held the coats of Stephen while they stoned him to death. He, he dragged women and children uh, and put them in jail. All of these things. See, you and I, we've made mistakes. And we, you say, why are you talking about this morning? Because when, when you come to God this morning for uh, whatever thing that you're believing him for, you can't let the past have any impact on whether God's going to do it or not. Because it's not about you, it's about him. God's grace says that you are qualified. Come on, if you believe in Jesus, say, I believe in Jesus, that's your qualifier. It has nothing to do with anything else. See, the devil wants to always get us, well, boy, I've had a good week. I didn't talk about anybody. I read my Bible. I prayed. Remember the the publican and the Pharisee, they went up to God to pray. The Pharisee said, oh, I thank you, God, that I'm not like this man. I do this, 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 and this. But the publican just beat his chest. He couldn't even raise his eyes. He said, God, I can't even look up to you because I'm not worthy. What did Jesus say? The publican went home justified. See, you're justified this morning because of your faith in Jesus and the grace of God. That means you're just as if you've never sinned. Amen. So don't let these things hinder you. Don't let them. Now, if the apostle Paul struggled with that, guess what? You can struggle with it. All right, notice what he said. For I am the least of the apostles. Now, is that a true statement? He had the greatest revelation of all of them. So this this here is false humility. False humility is really pride. That I'm not meet to be called an apostle. Jesus said, who I call, I qualify. So we've got to be careful. So we say little things. And those little things, we need to put that bit in our horse's mouth. Come on, because we, 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 don't, we don't want to disqualify what God's trying to do in our life. If God called you righteous, you're... So we got to go with what God says. I'm talking about little things that keep you and I from mastering the thing of life, letting Jesus be our master, letting the Messiah, the anointing come in that caused you and I to live in the abundance. Because I persecuted the church of God, verse 10. 
But by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's what you, that's your motto. That ought to be your life mantra. That ought to be your testimony. I am what I am by the grace of God. That means that this morning, that God's grace, which is sufficient, it's enough, the Apostle Paul said, it's taking you to a new level, the next place, the next promise. Come on, God's grace, it doesn't stop. It goes on and on and on. So why do I want to stop this morning? So, so I am what I am by the grace of God. So this morning, I'm going to be the healed of the Lord. I'm going to be the delivered of the Lord. I'm going to be the, the victor in the Lord. All of these things, whatever you, your need is. I am what I am by the grace of God. Notice this. Mark this down in your mind's eye. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. This morning, let's don't let what the Spirit of God would say to us be in vain. The word vain means empty. Now, let's think of it. Let's don't look at the negative part. Let's look at the positive part. Does God, when God pours out something, does he pour out a little bit or does he pour out in excess? So God's grace is not empty. Come on. It's in fullness. It'll meet your need. And you and I then, the way that we make sure that it's not in vain, we receive it. We put it to work in our lives. Look what he said. But I labored more abundantly, abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. By the grace of God which was in me. So this morning, everything is about the grace of God. So for by grace are you saved through faith. You, 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 need to, you need to see that faith. You need to see that grace. You need to see that God has dealt to you the measure of faith. All of those things. But you need to say, I want to step into abundance. I want to learn how to let the anointing come to meet me where I'm at this morning. That I may take that next step in God. God is saying, he said in the Old Testament, prophesying about the church in the book of Isaiah. He said, behold, I do a new thing. God is a God of new things. He wants to do a new thing in your life, in my life. And, and he wants to help you to be able to live in a new place. So this morning, would you let God's anointing come in your life and meet you where you're at, where you don't have to struggle? You don't have to struggle with life. But you say, Lord, you said I could have life and I could have it more abundantly. I don't have it in this area. Would you show me if I need to put a bit in my mouth? Would you show me if I need to, to, to confess, profess? Would you show me what I need by the grace of God to be able to come to that place? I want it this morning. Amen. Now, some of you, as I said just a moment ago, in the next few months, there's a lot of things that's going to happen in your life. Your life is going to change dramatically. And as your life changes dramatically for the good, for it to stay good, you've got to let the next level of anointing come in your life. Because if you don't allow the next level of anointing, those good things that God has for you, the devil will cause you to be burdened down. Yes. But see, the anointing of God, it lifts you up. It gives you strength. Now, this morning, in the name of Jesus, some of you just hear by the Spirit of God, I've got to be very cautious, but I've got to make sure that the, the ones that need to hear this, you, you've got to break out of the old patterns of life. You, you've got to break out of that mentality and, and you've got to say, why would I want to minister? Why would I want to serve? Why would I want to attend to? Why would I want to live out of what I saw in the natural when it didn't work when I was there growing up in it? 
I, I, I'm going to grow up in Christ. I'm going to be that new creature in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to operate in this next phase, this new place. Amen. President Truman said, the last days of his presidency, he said, uh, they were talking to him and they said, what do you think about the way our nation is going? And he, he made this statement, and some of y'all may have read about it, I've never heard of this, but he said, I, I think our nation is like that Dougal bird. And evidently at that time in the late 40s, early 50s, the kids were playing with some kind of bird called a Dougal bird. And, and that bird was, uh, it had a, um, Kind of, uh, I guess, a string on it with this this uh, piece of paper or, or whatever it was. I don't, I've never saw one that said, "I only fly backwards because I only want to see what I've saw." That's where we're at right now. Our, our, our nation is going backwards. We're, we're leaving God. We're leaving God's goodness and God's grace, and we're going backwards. We need to say, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly. I'm going to run toward the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to let the, the laws and the rules of, uh, of this world dominate me or control me because I'm not of this world. You're not of this world. I'm in the family of God. Amen. Come on. Let this anointing come in your life. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person that's here. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, as I replay in my heart what you showed me, I pray for every person. And I ask that you would just touch them, speak to them intimately, open up their heart to be able to see what maybe I couldn't say in myself, what I uh, am, am limited in my own ability. But you take this effort and you take the words by the Holy Spirit and you reach and you touch their heart this morning and you show them that you have a Messiah anointing that will destroy yokes off their life, that will meet them where they're at and will take them to the promises of God. Lord, let it be. Let us learn how to live life abundantly, live it in peace, expecting your best. Lord, we'll, we'll take that bit gladly. We'll allow your word to be the final say that will turn our life to where you would have us to go. Lord, let it be. Touch and draw right now. I thank you that we are a part of the family of God and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, let there be perfect unity. Oh, I ask it in Jesus' name. Would you come this morning and say, Lord, I'm so thankful that you love me enough that you would just have a word for me that would take me from where I'm at to where you would have me to be. Would you come this morning and say, Lord, here I am. I, 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 I want that bit in my mouth, but I want to, I, I want that new level of anointing to live at where I'm at. I'm not going to try to go forward without that anointing. I, I'm going to, I'm going to receive it by faith. I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to accept what you would have for me and I'm going to reject everything else. Would you, would you come this morning? And let us pray with you. Would you come and just let the Lord love on you? And you love on Him. Remember, it's the love of God that constrains you. You have the ability to do what no one else can do because of that anointing.